Welcome to Conversations with Sarah. Today, I'm joined by Hannah, CEO of Willow PR VA Services, to have a conversation about her experience of supporting a loved one through mental health struggles. Welcome, Hannah. Hi. Thank you so much for coming uh, to share your story today. Thank you for having me. And you was explaining to me what VA services is uh, before we started. I didn't know if you wanted to kind of let people listening know what that is. Okay, sure. So um, VA, I'm basically a virtual assistant. So I do things in the background for people on a virtual basis. Um, so my passion is to save people time so they can embrace on their passions, their business and find their life work balance. So I basically pick up the stuff that they really procrastinate about and just can't get their head around. And yeah. it could be something really tiny or something really massive. So yeah, that's Perfect. what I do. Thank you. Um, and okay. you're coming today to talk more about sort of your your personal experience of of um, living with someone with with mental health struggles and how you've sort of worked together. So whenever you're ready, where would you like to start with that story? Um, OK, so it's my husband. He suffers with his mental health. Um, he's always lived with some sort of anxiety, um, but it kind of it probably started near on about 10 years ago when my daughter had a febrile convulsion when she was three and um he ended up losing his job um but he should have taken him to court with constructive dismissal and he didn't so it kind of like spiraled from from that sort of area mm. um and about two years after that um he was diagnosed with depression um and it was fine. He was put on put on medication, etc. But then it kind of gradually got worse and worse. Um, he has a lot of self-limiting beliefs. Um, his, he is very confident in his job and what he does, but it takes up a lot of his um, headspace, if mm. you like. Um, he's a manager um, and, you know, he has to deal with other people's problems. And he was like a little sponge and he was taking it all on board and, and sort of soaking it all in, all the kind of negative energy. Um, and it hasn't hasn't really helped. Um, he, um, in December, 2019, he was very poorly. Um, the doctor put it down to um, having the, a really bad case of the flu. Um, now we're in sort of 2021, I think, probably it was COVID um, but there was a lot of other viruses around at that time mm. um, but he's slowly you know gone up and down up and down all through the year and um, he was signed off sick for about six weeks so he had like three weeks off to recover from the flu then he was signed off again last summer um, you know and it's he's having to work on himself but he thinks he can do it by himself. And actually it's really difficult for somebody to, you know, when they are in the midst of depression to kind of work out what they need for themselves. They, they, mm. they do need to talk to somebody. And from, from my point of view, over the years, I've attended a lot of mental health groups um, yeah. and I have taught myself how to speak differently. Yeah. I think language, when you're speaking to someone that has uh, depression or mental health issues, it, your language is paramount. Um, so there are certain situations where you think, right, how can I rephrase this? Because it's not actually negative, but 
you could see that someone would see it as a negative thing like I don't yeah. know household bills gone up or you know some something really really trivial but you have to really work out how to approach those kind of situations sometimes it'll be different situations for different people but you know it's it's learning how to deal with that without it spiraling out of control and having a massive family meltdown there is a thing that's like decision fatigue and it becomes we all have a, a tolerance for what we can deal with so if in one role in our life we need to be fully on board fully responsible dealing with everything it is very easy in other areas of, of our life that pe people would think where well, you can do all of that and, and actually it's it's quite difficult to be at the top of your game on every area of your life um so it's i think that like you say there's something in recognizing that the way in which you bring up something that you need to deal with the language around it can change the reaction that you get from a person yeah and it's taken me a very long time to work with that I've had to work on myself before sort of having the confidence to um to have um you know do recordings like this because if if I can help one other person that's supporting somebody with mental health issues then you know that that's I think that's an achievement yeah. um everybody's going to work in different ways um you know with there are different strains of mental health as well so it wasn't really that big a deal when he was first diagnosed other than the fact that we knew he needed a little bit of additional support mm. whereas now uh, he's he's really struggling like when the weather gets colder it goes straight to his head so he has like a really bad head cold and you know this like this past year and a half he's really really suffered with that um but finally he went to the doctor had a face-to-face -face, um appointment with the doctor and they've now uh redirected him to ENT so ear nose and throat to see whether there's anything actually going on yeah. um finally had a blood test um and it turns out that his vitamin d levels are extremely low um and as and you're talking since you've brought it up as you're talking one of the things that i'm thinking about is has he had a vitamin panel because um b12 this is something i go on loads about in my private group b12 vitamin deficiency one of the symptoms of that is like depression anxiety um yes. and it's quite often misdiagnosed as mental mental health issues and it doesn't mean that there isn't some stuff going on but if those vitamins were where they needed to be the symptoms can be dramatically reduced and I think that's something that really really gets overlooked um, and it was I was just kind of holding it in my head that to have a chat with you afterwards but since you brought it up I'm throwing it out there for everyone <laughs> like get your vitamin panels checked and don't just yeah. take like what the doctor says like you're in range um, quite often range and optimum are not the same thing but I think this yeah. is going to be another podcast that I that I do so he had his vitamin I, D I, come back <laughs> yeah his his vitamin d obviously that 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 drives depression as well it drives depression yeah. it drives um you know Bone that pain yeah and the other thing well so his levels should be at 75 and they're at 28 so they're yeah. extremely low my concern is that they haven't followed it up with anything like there's no like yeah so your vitamin d is really low and that's it so they haven't yeah. followed it up with anything uh, do you know what it was a relief to find out that something was wrong yeah um because 
there's something to work with. If it had come back normal, you'd be like, right, okay, then we then there's another another bit that we have to keep searching and keep searching. Yeah. Whereas we still need to search, but at least we've got something to work with. And it does with, with the fact that his vitamin D levels are so low, it does kind of tick a lot of boxes and it does it kind of puts a lot of things into perspective. And you yeah. think, you know what, the more you read about the lack of vitamin D, the more it makes sense yeah. of how he's been feeling. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's so easy for people to dismiss that a vitamin can have such an impact on your mental health because society, we are very programmed to think, well, if there's something if in my mind that I'm, I'm not, that's not working so well for me, then I must just take antidepressants and that's the end of it. Now, I'm not in any way saying antidepressants aren't useful, but if what's going on for you is something else, then the antidepressant isn't going to do the job. So no, it's just going to cover it, it up. Yeah. And it's so it's it really is. I think it's so important to recognize that looking after your mental health is multifaceted. It's physical health does come into it. Um, and, and I know there's a misconception that with some conditions it's it's all in your head it's not it's real it's really real what you're dealing with is really real you're not imagining it your pain is real the fatigue is real um and, and it, it can get dismissed as a mental health issue um mm. so I, I think it's so important to kind of bring that awareness in when we're talking about mental health issues that the physical issues that you can experience they are very real and can also be a part of something else that is going on. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, another passion of mine is, um, you know, look, prevention over cure and okay. dealing with things on a natural basis. Yeah. Um, so when, when James was actually taken poorly in December 19, my daughter was also ill for a week um, as was half of her school. And then my son was also ill um, over that Christmas as well. I didn't get it. Um, and I, I basically swear by plant-derived minerals. And I don't know whether that's, it, it could just be, you know, just really a, a random thing that I just didn't get poorly over that period. Or it could yeah. be because I look after myself from the inside out. Um, so we have basically... He has fizzy vitamins, which aren't um, synthetically made. And also we have made sure that we've included a lot more vitamin D enriched foods in our diet. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. know like I've, I've shared in, in pretty much every episode that I've got health conditions. Um, I was practically bedridden and di given a diagnosis of fibromyalgia, what I discovered is actually a lot of my vitamins are very, very low. And, and a lot of people with these types of conditions are. Um, and and I've, I've had to learn a lot of this stuff for myself because unfortunately, unless you find a GP who's really, really interested in this, it, it does kind of just get dismissed as go and take a vitamin um, or like, add these things to your diet but for some people their their bodies don't absorb the vitamins correctly there's gene mutations there's digestive issues there's medication that they take it really is I think 
like you say, you need to be treated from the inside out, but it also needs to be a really holistic way of looking at what is going on for me. Um, because yeah. if if one thing is out of balance, it can domino effect everything, can't it? And really, yeah, we do accept if a GP says this is wrong with you, take this tablet, we'll go okay, and we do it. And that it might yeah. deal with the symptom, but not necessarily the cause. Yeah, and it was when he had a blood test before it came back normal yeah and um, so that was probably when he was first poorly about a year and a half ago so that has dramatically changed over the last year um which says to me even more that what he's what he's going through at the moment is possibly the um non-covid condition yeah um which also affects your mental health and yeah. everything else so you yeah. know um and there's studies that it's connected into like the vitamin deficiency so whether it's a cause or a symptom, I think the last thing that I read was unknown, um, but people catching COVID, there's been a query around if they have low vitamin D to start with, which is why they've been more prone to catch it. And I think like, you know, it's not just COVID, any, like you say, any kind of cold flu, if you're, if you're, you're not as well as you need to be on a cellular level, of course, you, you, you're more likely to catch and have more severe symptoms of and yeah. we just don't know enough do we about the sort of the long covid and, and how how that's impacting people yet no we don't and you know i think sort of making um notes and stuff about how james has been feeling um i've been doing some reading and stuff and it's not i don't want to get into a debate or anything about covid but um i do think that still people are being a little bit dismissive about the whole long COVID thing and how it is actually affecting people on a long-term basis rather than, yeah. you know, you. It, I know that it's a lot of people have suffered, um, but it's that long-term thing as well. Like I, as as but, someone with a long-term health condition that the symptoms of are very similar to the symptoms of long COVID, um, it, it's not fun. It's not a fun place to be. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it is something that I think definitely they all need a lot more exploration around, um, because like you're saying, you see, or what I think you're saying is that you see the links between, um, what's going on with his vitamin levels, with his, um, you know, the health in that way is having a, a knock on effect to the severity of the symptoms of his of mental health state. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and I'd say he's he's more comfortable. The whole reason why I, I, I'm able to, I feel comfortable talking about this is because he's started to talk to people himself. So um, I still feel like I'm feeling, like dealing with it a little bit by myself because yeah. um, I don't really want to highlight the negativity to his family. Yeah. Um, but it's really tough. It's really tough to be, you know, and this, my, my daughter's going through a little bit of a phase of, of um, overthinking things as well. Um, mm. And it is, it is a trait from his granddad through his mum, through him. And I really want to nip it in the bud for this ne next generation. Um, so I think um, for me, being a supportive partner, wife and mother, it's, you need to have that um 
little bit of uh, support yourself. So I speak to people on a regular yeah. basis. I tell people, I, and I, I never used to, um, I'm an only child. So I kind of, I grew up with not having anyone to talk to. So I've always dealt with stuff by myself. Yeah. But once I started feeling confident that I can go to um, a mental health group, that, that it's not me that's suffering, but yeah. I can learn how to help them. And um, because sometimes when you've got mental health, you don't want to go to those groups. You don't want to, to highlight the fact that you're struggling. Yeah. Um, like James doesn't like he no. he wouldn't he wouldn't even dream of going to a group. So he's very, very self-conscious um, and he would never put himself forward like that. Um, yeah. And he was having some uh, talks with um, a charity and then he stopped because he felt like it wasn't it wasn't working so it yeah. wasn't doing him any yeah. good um and I was like but you needed to speak to them and tell them that you felt that way so maybe they would start from another avenue yeah um, and you know that's, so that's a, a really key thing as well when when you feel low when you feel depressed when you feel anxious when the world feels difficult it's so much harder to say this this isn't working for me because it can be internalized as a you problem as opposed to the service isn't working in the way that I need um and like it's so important I think that people here people that are going through not feeling the best about the world at the moment that you if you are having counseling if you're working with a therapy service you are allowed to say I'm not okay with how this is going they are a service provider. You are a client. You have every right to ask for what you need, even if you don't know exactly what it is that you need. If what you're getting isn't working for you, whilst it might be really, really hard to communicate, try to try because that's yeah. that is what they're there to do. Yeah. And, you know, just because you're you know, if you're if you're not feeling like you're getting anything out of it, don't just stop. Mm. like especially if you are also sort of going back to like medication if you're starting to feel better don't just stop because as well from from a partner's point of view to actually say you need to have some additional help this is too big and that's no disrespect to the person that's suffering that's no disrespect to the environment that they're in it's just that sometimes these event these this part of your journey it's just that little bit too big to cope with by ourselves and we do need to have that additional support um yeah. I, I mentioned that my daughter's having issues at the minute and I had to be quite frank with my husband yesterday and say he's like well she's just not helping herself I said but neither are you yeah so you know you you have to see that you've got to lead by example with this kind of thing and he's like, well, she wouldn't see me doing it anyway. I'm like, she really would. You know, it's that habitual um, habits that you get into. Yeah. Like you say, oh, I really should get on the exercise bike because I feel so much better afterwards. And then you go and sit on the sofa. I really must get out and get some fresh air. But then you go and tidy the kitchen. So you're not, you're, you're telling yourself out loud that actually I need to be doing a little bit more to um, help myself yeah but I'm not doing it so she's and, hearing that yeah and, and then, but then know, the inaction so. can then be used as so the not doing something is then so often okay, used 
as a, a punishment like oh I know I should do this I don't do this now I'm going to feel guilty and bad about that and that's where I always say like be kind to yourself just like if you recognize that you're doing this thing that's when don't give yourself hassle for it don't have a go at yourself because most likely you've been doing that for however long you've been feeling this way it's not working so perhaps just ask yourself okay what what stopped me doing that today how could I overcome this tomorrow like just be kind to yourself about it because giving yourself hassle isn't helping and sometimes we don't do the things that are in our best interest and being curious about why you're making that choice can help you make a conscious change I, th I think yeah and you know having a journal and I know this you know a lot of a lot of people don't um don't really understand journaling and I think it gets a little bit over over complicated when actually journaling is just about writing your feelings down yeah, yeah. um you know having some positive affirmations in the morning and and it does take a while to get your head around it to be honest um but having positive affirmations having a little book I've, I bought this little book actually um one thought of the day I don't know really, books that I picked up yeah yeah and actually you can just write down your thoughts of the yeah. night time or three three positive words from the day or something that you've achieved that you're proud about and it might be that not every day you've got something that you've achieved and it might be that actually you're just grateful for the sunshine or you might be grateful for the rain because it waters the grass and the plants yeah it's just about having you woke, you woke up this morning and your body moved that's a positive yeah. it is really yeah. um yeah just finding any of those things and i talk a lot in in my private group about um how we've got negative bias so our brains are hardwired to notice more negative we it was a survival thing from back in you know when we were living in caves and whatever um and and so it is really important to be consciously aware of noticing the positives noticing the gratitude um and I know when you're in the thick of it all, when you're in the thick of not feeling great about the world, depression, anxiety, what, however you want to label it, it seems impossible to do. But just being thankful of being able to take a deep breath or being able to wiggle your toe, being able to make a cup of tea, as much as they sound like ridiculous, it makes such a difference. They're tough for some people, though. You know, some people, um, you know, the whole um, self-care Sunday scenario, you know, a lot of people will share on their social media about self-care Sunday. And actually, for somebody that has a really busy life, taking a bath might actually be their half an hour or so, but you don't, you know, everybody's different, you yeah. know, um, every child is an individual. So we all have to think about, how things are different for everyone else so what's right for me isn't yes. going to be right for my my daughter my son you know it's everybody has to work differently and it's about Absolutely. being acceptable to those changes and the reason why that we are all different um yeah. I mean I've got I'm looking at my desk now and I've got crystals everywhere and the more I've got into helping and supporting James on his journey my crystal collection is just growing um, yeah. and I'm finding more about the properties of crystals and how they help support different elements of our feelings. Um, 
you know, our strengths and our weaknesses. We we do have weaknesses and it's okay to admit those as well because Yeah, we can't be good at everything all of the time. It's um no. and that, that's that um perfectionism sort of pressure that we put on ourselves. Like it's it's okay to fail. I mean if 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 someone's listened to this podcast now and this is the first time they've come across it, if they go back to my very first one, um it is, I hope better um but what I did at the beginning was as as the best I could do at the time so it's no good like putting pressure on on yourself to be perfect perfect is non-existent it's it's an unattainable ideal that none of us can reach none of us can reach it let it go and we we have to make mistakes to learn yeah you know and and it's a it's you know when when a toddler learns to walk how many times do they fall over but do they ever give up no and no one criticizes Um, them for the fact that they fell over exactly it's okay to fall down yeah it is the getting up again that is the it's the important bit and it doesn't have to be instant yeah and exactly it's not you, you you can fall that's fine and yeah sometimes it might be a little bit more difficult to get up but once you're up another hurdle that you've achieved in that yeah. particular scenario and that part of your journey so yeah. you know for I think people do tend to when they make mistakes they overthink it and it takes up a lot of their day um and I yeah I've, I've been guilty of making mistakes all my life but I try and reflect I've learned that I need to reflect and it's no disregard to me it's no disregard to my family or anything like that you know it happens and I yeah. need to get over it I probably get over it a lot easier than what James does, but yeah. then he also needs to realise that it's okay to make a mistake or it's okay to, you know, do something that hasn't quite worked out for somebody else, but you just reflect on it and do it differently next time. And that is the only way we learn. And like, if we, if we don't try new things, if we don't try and do things, like, of course, you must let less like you're less likely to fail if you never do something new, if you just stay in that same space. And if you're entirely happy with where you are, that's great. Um, but you know, it's if, if you're not entirely happy where you are, you can't do new things unless you're ready to fail. Like, failure isn't yeah. like, I mean, I know I failed at stuff, and at the time, like, it can feel like the worst thing in the world but as you get Mm. further away from it as you reflect on it as you learn from it sometimes it's it's exactly what you needed at that point and what you've learned from it helps you move forward into that sort of next stage of of life or you know you find something that's better more aligned that or you know you you fall into you fall into or you find someone that is exactly where you need to be and that doesn't mean that it's not painful at times because of course it it can be painful to fail yeah and everybody learns things at different rates as well different speeds so you know just because you started a um, journey of healing the same time as somebody else and they look like they're doing a lot better than you are don't don't see that as a negative just see that your journey is just taking that slightly bit longer you know when we're children there's always someone that's a better reader than us but does it stop us from reading a book no so you know just keep going um the right way or wrong way to live your journey so you make mistakes you learn by them and failure shouldn't be a negative word failure should be a positive word 
it's positive to fail at things because you'll learn new yeah. new things you'll learn new habits it's just another way yeah it's just another way that you realize doesn't work for you so that's one thing you can cross off the list it's like brilliant that's that's one thing i don't need to think about that way of doing yeah. it not for me um and that's it with self-care there's yeah it's it's what works for you there's a million and one people ways of doing things people are going to tell you this is how you have to do it this is the best way um the best way is the way that works for you and you maybe need to try a few things and you need to give them a really good try before you discount them because yeah. that i think is is the other thing it, it can be very easy and i think you said this earlier it can be very easy to try something once and be like oh no i didn't like that because it might feel uncomfortable if you've never ever talked about your feelings sitting in a space where you talk about your feelings can feel incredibly difficult but if it is helpful the more I, you do it the, the easier it gets pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is definitely daunting at the beginning but once you keep doing it and you keep succeeding at it there's nothing that can stop you. Um, Richard Branson is is quite famous for a quote saying, um, if someone offers you an opportunity, say yes and work out how to do it later. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I have my own struggles and I get to the point where I have a little bit of a meltdown and I stamp my feet a little bit, especially over this last year. I haven't had a break, but yeah. neither has anybody else really. We couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like luckily we had really nice weather. Yeah. Um but my 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 business suffered because I I couldn't couldn't work. I had the children at home, you know, yeah. their education suffered. I I got to the point where I didn't I didn't um put myself under so much pressure over the fact that I cannot homeschool. Yeah. I can't do it. I've tried but I didn't I didn't really know what I was doing you know the curriculum has changed so much since I left school the way they do their maths is so so different yeah. and I'm, I'm um, gonna say as someone who did home educate opt, opted to home educate what you experienced schooling at home is absolutely not at all like home education as an option you were you and people like you essentially were being told be a school do these things um yeah I can't I mean my children are, are, are grown I can't imagine the pressure that that must be and I I I don't think that I would have complied I think I would I would have struggled to comply with that because we're in this state of stress which you know that's not healthy not not helpful for anyone to be creative and productive stress no you're like um you're being expected to do things like you know the stuff we learn at school I'm the same as you the stuff we learn at school and the way they learn stuff now is so different worlds apart oh yeah um your mum they don't really want to listen to you be teacher it's just not the, no. the same um and the thing the thing is as well is that we couldn't go out and explore anywhere so we couldn't even you know um we could go out for exercise mm. but we couldn't go that far away from our houses um, and actually, I didn't want to go out. You know, I remember the first time I went to a, um, to do a food shop, there was a police car in the car park. And I'm like, like questioning the fact that am I 
am I here for a valid reason to be out of my house? Yeah. You know, is it, if, he, if they stop me and say, right, what is your purpose of being at this food shop here today? I'll be like, to get food. <laughs> I need food um, for my house. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be like, you know, do you really need those chicken nuggets? Am I going to, am I going to the store? Do, do I really need those chicken nuggets? Do I really need that bag of pasta? And yeah. I'm like, I don't know, you know, yeah. and you, you do actually question yourself. So James didn't get any of that because I did all the shopping and stuff. And so the beginning of lockdown, he he was absolutely sprightly because everything that he worried about was taken away from him and he couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. So he didn't worry about anything. Yeah. Then as we slowly, slowly started getting back to normal, that's when the anxiety kicked in again. And actually it was probably... a a lot worse than it was before lockdown yeah. you know oh well hang on a second now we can go out but we have to wear a mask and isn't it life's changed life's changed a lot in those little ways and if you already feel overloaded you already feel like there's far too many decisions to make I get I get decision fatigue I, I'm very aware I have to have strategies in place um to you know to keep myself you know mentally well I think and that's the thing. It's perfectly normal to have strategies to keep yourself mentally well. It's no different to having a workout that you do at the gym to keep you physically well. You follow your program. So, yeah, it's if you're already at a stage where you're overloaded, these what seem like really little things can become massive. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the year that we've had has been very different. It, it's been for, for many people very stressful we've had to think about health in ways that we haven't had to think about before we've had to think about grief and death and our own like mortality perhaps in a way that we haven't done before so um with social media being so massive as well at the moment um social media isn't always a positive thing like James has taken himself off Facebook yeah. Um, and he he's on Instagram because he finds Instagram a lot more user friendly um, a lot more positive. You know, he's I think the idea of keeping up with the Joneses through Facebook, uh, he finds a little bit too overwhelming. Like mm. a lot of people just share everything that's positive on Facebook. And that's yeah. not a negative thing at all. Um, but life just isn't full of rosebuds and marshmallows it's you know there there are some things that you know there is mud in the world you know it's yeah. you know there has to, um, but that mud has to be there to create those roses so you know it's about having that that really sort of healthy balance um and obviously with um the the one of the positive things that's come out of this um this past year is the fact that People are more comfortable talking on um, camera. People mm -hmm. are connecting with people all around the world that they wouldn't necessarily have connected with before. Um, and people, I, I've connected with a lot of people that have helped support me, support my family through this yeah. time. And, you know, that I find that a, an absolute benefit. Um, I've really struggled with the fact that I've not had much me time but I've really tried to work around how I can change and, and do something different. So mm. for me, going shopping on my own, smooching around the shops, maybe having a glass of wine with lunch and then catching the bus back, you know, that would be a recharge day for me. Now it's 
going for a walk along the Devon lanes, taking yeah. pictures of the bee that's taken the pollen from a flower, you know, yeah. so it, it's definitely changed, but um, yeah, my favorite habit isn't, isn't so exhilarating anymore. I have to say going shopping and walking around the one way system, etc. that doesn't fill me with any joy. So my purse strings are a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's it though. That's um, finding the stuff that fills you with joy and you've you've been able to take the opportunity to find other things that fill with you with joy and things that um I don't know how to frame it like I hate shopping going shopping to me is just like hell I I really recognize that I have lived my best life through the lockdowns uh it's it's been amazing for me because I have been able to connect with other people I started the podcast um I've been able to do things that I wouldn't have been able to do before because I've had the time and the space and the energy to do it and the whole world has had to shift to be more accessible um because like the networking and a lot of things is in-person networking. For me, that takes up far too much energy. I don't have that energy to spend. Being able to rock up to a video call networking session is brilliant because if I want to, I can put some makeup on and put a nice top on and the rest of me can be like in pajamas. Um, and if it, it doesn't, like I don't have to have so many steps to get ready, um, which does take a toll on my my energy levels so people with chronic health like a lot of what people other people have experienced through lockdown can is has been our normal lives um so yeah. it's opened doors for me that weren't as accessible as as then as they are now so I think there's it's like you've said before it's finding the positive so something's not been great because you know my, my husband works in close contact so he hasn't been able to work um the close contact work that I do I haven't been able to do um so some things aren't great but and if I focus on those things then yeah it's going to be a really rubbish experience but I got to hang out with people my husband I enjoy spending time with him I got to connect with people from all over the world that I would never have been able to connect with so it is it's finding finding the positives in in the situations I'm noticing the time we've really really talked on <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I just just wanted to like kind of leave leave on a note with that finding that positive from the day is is a difficult task to start off with, but the more you practice it and the more the more it becomes a habit and then, you know, so if you just try to start with one positive thing that happens every single day, write it in your little notebook that you keep by your bedside table um and then Make sure you do that one thing every day. It becomes a habit. Once it's a habit, it will become easier and easier. Um, Thank you for coming on and, and being my guest today and sharing sort of your story, your philosophies and the things that have helped you. Let, thank you for letting me come on and I've talk about it. I've really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, and thank you to people for listening to Conversations with Sarah. To find out more about me and my guest, follow at SRTT Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And I'll be back next Wednesday with a new guest. And until then, remember, fill your cup too.